Welcome back, folks, to another episode of Humidity Matters, where we dive deep into the world of industrial humidity measurement. The purpose of this podcast is to help you, our listeners, make a better measurement. And when I say better, I mean more accurate and reliable. Because when you do make a more accurate and reliable measurement, your process is more efficient and you get higher quality output. I'm Bruce McDuffie, your host, and I've been in the humidity measurement business for about 12 years teaching humidity seminars and webinars around the globe, helping people just like you make better measurements. My co-host is Steve Santoro. Steve's got an amazing 35 years of humidity measurement expertise and experience. Hey, Steve. Hey, Bruce. Great to be back. Always enjoy these. Let's see what we've got to talk about today. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing more of your stories and applications for sure. So in our last podcast, we discussed measuring humidity in really or very wet conditions, like 90% RH or higher. And we talked about how difficult it is when a system is so close to saturation, it's so close to saturation, any little temperature drop can cause condensation. We shared some examples of wet applications and we talked about how Visola, the Visola heated probe works to solve this issue. So this time, in episode 15, we're going to talk about the opposite. We're going to do the opposite. We're going to talk about measuring water vapor in very dry conditions, which can be as challenging, maybe even more challenging in some cases than measuring in the wet conditions. So Steve, to set the, the uh, expectation here, how are we going to defy, define dry for these applications? Sure. Uh, well, it is a relative term, and I know the mm -hmm. podcast we talk about humidity man is, uh, matters, so we're going to refer to this in maybe a form of uh, dry by relative humidity terms. So for us, we would generally look at that of think of a process where the relative humidity is 5% RH and lower as it starts to become difficult to make that measurement and differentiate uh, with the right technology, how to make a measurement down in that, say, less than 5% relative humidity range. Okay, good. Let's go with that, less than 5%. If you have an application in that range of relative humidity, this podcast is very important for you. So, Steve, uh, maybe a couple of examples of applications you've seen that would fall into this, what we're calling dry category for measuring not much water vapor. Yeah, uh, our most common, uh, probably one of the more common ones would be compressed air. So air that's being dried in a compressed air system. Uh, some of the other processes that use this could be plastic processing. Uh, some of the newer ones would be things like 3D printers, where again, you're trying to keep the raw material quite dry as it goes in to be processed. And, and probably one of the newest ones where uh, dry is important is battery production. Uh, battery production with the advancement and the number of lithium-ion batteries uh, and other technologies. A lot of those chemicals don't like moisture, and the rooms need to be kept quite dry. And this is where it's about not the parameter that someone's measuring, whether it's going to be dew point or relative humidity, but we really need to look and see how dry that really is to have the right sensor technology. And then from that, we can give the right measurement parameter or the parameter that people are comfortable with or the process has been specified around. Okay. So compressed air, um, 
have to have very little water vapor in some compressed air systems, so that's very dry. Uh, plastics, my understanding is the input material or the pellets have to keep very dry in many conditions, many cases, um, because it affects the out the output or the product quality. Three um, D printers, though, how does how are those requiring dry conditions? It would be a bit similar to the plastic. So there are some okay. 3D printers that print in a, a polymer or plastic material, and that raw material needs to be kept dry just as you would in a plastic injection molding process. It's it's similar. And there are also some 3D printers uh, that we work with where they print in stainless steel. And when the product is done, it needs to go into a, a heat treat process, and the gases that are used in that process need to be very dry so we don't um, – bring any moisture into like the product and such yeah correct yeah yeah okay good well those are all interesting applications and as we said anything with less than five percent as a rule of thumb anything less than five percent rh is going to fall into this character category so steve why is it so difficult to measure water vapor in these dry environments i mean if you look at humidity Measurement instruments, you look at the specs, nearly all of them say they'll measure between 0% and 100%. So why is, it, why is it difficult? Well, when you start getting into that lower level, and, and like many, we do specify uh, pretty much all of our relative humidity instruments to measure from 0 to 100%. And that's fine. They can measure over that full range. There's no adverse effect to the device. However, if we think of an example of trying to read something that's maybe 4% relative humidity. And if our best sensor is, is plus or minus 1%, now we're thinking mm -hmm. about we're plus or minus 25% of that range. So, and that's a 1% device. If we start getting into 2% devices or 3% devices, trying to measure 2 or 3 or 4% with a 3% device, it, it really starts to become impractical. And this is where we would say it's really becoming too low of a measurement to look and use a relative humidity sensing technology. And this is where we've talked about uh, a different sensing technology of dew point, or in our case, a sensor that we refer to as dry cap. Got it. Well, let's, um, got it. Well, we'll talk more about dry cap here, but let's for now harken back to, I think it was episode seven where we talked about, and by the way, folks, check episode seven out. We talk about different types of measurement technology. And if you recall, some of those were more suited for these dry conditions than others. So maybe Steve, just a couple of recap about a couple of those different technologies and um, why they work. And of course, in, let's include the Vaisla dry cap. Sure. Uh, I mean, a common one that, that is uh, not ours, but is out on the market and has been for a while, a uh, aluminum oxide device, and it uh, can work. Uh, at very dry ends, it can actually be pretty accurate at the very dry conditions. However, some of its uh, downsides that you have to be concerned with is uh, it's not as stable a sensor. Uh, it's also sub, uh, can be adversely affected by high amounts of, of relative humidity, even ambient humidity. Um, that would mean the humidity of, of the space we're in today. Uh, these sensors have been optimized to be very good at the dry end, but you can't subject them to ambient conditions, let alone get them wet. And if they do, many times they'll either need to be recalibrated 
or when they uh, need to send back to their factory to be uh, serviced, that they won't recover. Uh, response time with some of them as well take a while to dry out. Uh, and that mm-hmm. sometimes can be time consuming, especially with a portable device or when you're trying to get a process back up in line. Uh, one of the other ones is uh, Chilled Mirror. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a very accurate device. Uh, it's very uh, high performance device, a very expensive device. It's great in a lab as a reference, as a primary standard, but it's impractical to use out in the field in process because it's subject to things like dirt and dust and and the the nature of these instruments are are big and expensive and they're sometimes tough to get into a process but as a lab Mm -hmm. standard it's a great primary standard we have many of them in our own laboratory and then our technology that we've talked about again this dry cap has some advantages that it can do the dry applications but it can also withstand if it does get wet inadvertently if it's even exposed to liquid water it will dry out recover and be fine it's very quick in response not affected by pressure so it's a sensor technology that we like to recommend when we start talking to customers if the process is below five percent rh and this is where we would shift to this dry cap sensing technology we could still calculate and give them relative humidity if that's the parameter they're comfortable with but it's the right sensing technology for the right amount of moisture in their process so really to measure anything with less than 5% RH, you've got to have some type of specialty technology. You can't just buy a humidity sensor that's spec from 0 to 100% off the shelf. It's not going to work. Well, you'll get a reading, but it's going to be so inaccurate. So, for example, if, if a common uh, dry measurement point, compressed air, we see it a lot in, in some plastics industry where uh, minus 40 We'll pick that as a point. It happens mm-hmm. to be the same for Fahrenheit and centigrade. So, uh, mm-hmm. but if we were using a, a, a plus or minus two percent relative humidity instrument, which is still a pretty good instrument, uh, at a minus forty dew point, trying to calculate that, that calculated accuracy of the dew point could be off by plus or minus twenty-five degrees Fahrenheit. And mm. even a one percent, really, the, you know, the best device you'll get for relative humidity, trying to read a minus forty dew point doing the calculation and the math, the dew point could be plus or minus 15 degrees Fahrenheit. So sometimes mm. we kid, if that's, the, you may be better off guessing the dew point than trying to measure it with the wrong <laughs> instrument. And minus 40 dew point, um, what is what percent RH does that translate to in ambient yeah, if, conditions? If we're at ambient conditions, you're looking yeah. at somewhere in the order of less than one half to one third of 1% relative humidity. So the idea of how can I measure that with a plus or minus one or 2% instrument, I think that's where it starts to become apparent that it's just the wrong technology for the wrong conditions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And speaking of wrong technology for wrong conditions, um, can you share an example from your vast experience uh, where you've seen somebody try to make this measurement without the specialized technology and how it went wrong. Uh, yeah, I mean, we had mentioned, I think, earlier, plastics industry. It reminded me of a, of a customer who believed they were getting proper measurements. They had devices on their plastic dryers, and, and they were reading uh, minus 40 on the, on the dew point. Uh, mm-hmm. However, the parts are coming out. Uh, a clear plastic starting to look foggy. It's Mm -hmm. uh, not clear. There are bubbles that are forming when the parts are made. And this is after you've 
run the line for quite some time, produce thousands of dollars or tens of thousands of dollars of, of, of finished product and realize that something's wrong. And although you might look at, at the reading of the dew point and it's saying minus 40, which gives the right conditions for the process to be working as expected, it's not until we come out with a, the correct, say, portable device using a dry cap sensor that's made to measure those conditions to realize it's nowhere near as dry as minus 40. And that was uh, an indication, but the, the, the customer really only noticed it because the product was coming out uh, as not as expected. And the wrong sensor was installed. So it was a relative mm -hmm. humidity sensor trying to measure that basically, you know, one half to one third of 1% IRH at that minus 40 dew point condition. And that's uh, was costly. And again, could have been avoided uh, by using the right sensor. And it wasn't, you know, uh, I think anything intentional. It was just inadvertently not looking at the details when we get into these extreme conditions. Sure. Yeah. And and uh, the dry cap, you might have already said this, but I didn't get it at first, so I'll ask it again. The What's the dew point accuracy of the dry cap at, say, minus 40? Uh, we're within plus or minus two degrees C with those devices, okay. and they can take us down to two points as low as minus 80 C. So for okay. our non-metric people, that would get <laughs> us into the range of minus 112 degrees Fahrenheit. Who's non-metric on this podcast? <laughs> um, let's talk parameters. We think back to our some of our earlier episodes where we talked about the different parameters that quantify water vapor. For dry conditions, uh, we did talk about dew point, and I know there's some absolutes we've talked about, like PPM and, and so on. What's the best metric here or best parameter for measuring in these dry conditions? I think best most common, uh, maybe most known, would be dew point or frost point as we refer to it when we're below freezing. But it's just uh, sometimes that the numbers themselves, uh, are, there are larger sort of more whole numbers if we wanted to convert into relative humidity, which we can, right? Once mm -hmm. we know any of these couple parameters, we can calculate with our humidity calculator or the equations, but you start looking at things like one third of 1% RH, it starts to become a small decimal number. A lot of times looking at it from the two point uh, number makes a bit more sense. A lot of specifications are written around the pots per million, the PPM uh, that we see in these very dry conditions. Uh, the only uh, one of the concerns here where our dry cap sensor can read the dew point properly, regardless of the pressure it's in or if the process pressure is changing, the dry cap sensor and the instruments it's used in would read the correct dew point, regardless of the pressure or the changing pressure. If you want PPM or a specification was written around that parts per million, uh, you do need to know the pressure and the pressure can be entered into an instrument of ours and, and we can calculate and, and give the PPM output. And then we do have an instrument that has an onboard pressure sensor, so mm. it can look at the process pressure, feed that into the dew point, and then calculate and output the correct PPM regardless of the pressure or the changing process pressure. But those would be the, the two most common that we see specifications written around. So uh, again, a dew point or a, a PPM. Okay. All right. And pop quiz, uh, you mentioned dew point and frost point. Uh, can you tell our audience the difference between those? Is there a difference? There is. Uh, as we get below freezing, so 32, or again, for us non-metric, uh, 
zero C. Uh, technically, it's the, the the term is frost point, not dew point. We have episode. I think uh, we reviewed in the past where we can go into this a little bit more detail. Uh, the lower you get, the drier it gets. The more difference between a dew point and a frost point technically are. Um, at higher dew points, uh, the difference isn't much. But as it does get drier, you will start to see these two be different. And if again, we're not making sure we're comparing the right parameter from one instrument to another or comparing the instrument parameter that's measuring versus the specification, uh, you may have a difference. And we want to make sure that we are talking about dew point or frost point. Okay. Okay. So yeah. we can go back, I think, in our episodes one through six, we did discuss many of the different parameters if someone's looking to review some of these. We did. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we went into detail about dew point and frost point for folks who forgot that. But it's important. It's to, you got to know what you're measuring. That goes into the best practices, too. You got to know what you're measuring and how to compare it to your spec. Well, uh, that's about it for the uh, dry conditions. Steve, if folks want to get some more examples of these applications or see more detail about the dry cap, where can they get that? Uh, we've got a, a couple of resources. You. We'll put a couple links maybe at the end, but yeah, uh, well, advicelo.com, mm -hmm. uh, at our website, advicelo.com, we can search by the dry tap, which is our dew point sensing technology. And when you click on that, you'll see a variety of these applications and application notes regarding these low-level dry conditions. Uh, there's also a, a, another link we'll put in about setting your email preferences. And this is a place where you can go in and select on your own. Uh, do you want to get news and product updates from us? Do you want to learn about webinars as another category? Maybe events, live seminars will be at. And then you can pick the industrial measurement instrument applications like compressed air uh, the, or things of that nature that may be more in, in line with what your job functions are and the applications you come across. And therefore, Hopefully, we're just getting you the most pertinent information that, that lines up with the applications that you get involved with. So this allows you to pick and choose the things that make sense to you more than us trying to, to send you more than, than, than you might need. And we'll throw those links uh, into the uh, podcast. Yeah, we'll put them in the show notes. Absolutely. On that note, Steve, that's a wrap. And once again, thanks for sharing your knowledge and experience with our listeners who just want to make a, a better measurement of humidity in these dry conditions. Thanks, Bruce. Thanks for having me. Enjoyed this one. Look forward to the next. And thanks for listening, everybody. Up next, we're going to begin a three-part series, and we're going to be talking about calibration of humidity measurement instruments. You won't want to miss that one. And don't forget, folks, when it comes to product quality and process efficiency, humidity measurement does matter. <laughs>